I am so, so excited to welcome Tom on to Uncover Wealth Radio today. Tom, hello. Thanks for having me, Annette. Excited to be here. I am excited you're here as well. So, Tom, you, I hear, have been in email marketing since 1998. I have indeed. Hard to believe. So, it yeah. is. I mean, and at that point in time, that was the point in time when we were all really excited to get emails as well. Yeah, it was, it was definitely more of a novelty back then than it is today. So, but yeah, all text-based, no HTML, no pictures, no links, et cetera. So it was a very, very different space back then. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us, what have you seen over the years in email marketing and how that has evolved and how as business owners, we have had to evolve with that as well? How long is this show? <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair point. Half an hour, something like that. So yeah, condensed version, perhaps. Yeah, it's been interesting. So I think you know, there's a lot of um, you know, kind of base layer stuff that that really holds up over time. Um, as far as like, people are still very excited to get emails as long as you're sending the emails that people actually want to get. Mm. Uh, if you're just sending things that are very self-promotional and, and not uh, engaging and not really solving the recipient's problems, then of course they're not going to want your emails because it's just clutter. So the things that they sign up for, you know, permission is key uh, over, over the years, uh, has always been key. We've always been really um, stringent about what we allow our customers to do, like purchasing lists mm. and scraping lists off of the, off the website, you know, off of websites, places, or taking a chamber of commerce list or a list from a conference of attendees. Like those are all like not cool things to do. If it seems easy, it's probably not the right thing to do. It doesn't mean that email is hard. It just means that you have to do it the right way. Yeah. Permission is really key there. And listening to what, what your recipients want and at the same time setting expectations for them of, of the things that, you know, you're going to do. Like if, if I go to a website and I sign up and it doesn't tell me how often you're going to send it to me, you're going to send me something, I in my head am going, well, they might send me a weekly email or maybe a monthly email and that's cool. But if you then turn around and send them three emails a day, are they going to be upset at that? Probably. But if you told them up front, like, hey, you know, I send commentary around the stock market and I do that, mm -hmm. at, you know, at the open midday and then at the close, it sets a whole different context around what somebody is opting in to receive from you. So those like basic things have really, really held true over the years is that that permission component, sending things that are relevant and setting expectations up front uh, with your recipients of really, really, you know, over the 22 years that I've been doing this, it's all the same thing. <laughs> so. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. And I know that I have certainly been to conferences and events and things where all of a sudden somebody has emailed me and I think, who are you? I didn't speak. Yeah. I didn't even speak to you at this event. How? Right. Why are you contacting me? And that and that stuff does does annoy people. I think it annoys people nowadays way more than it probably did twenty years ago as well. Sure. Yeah. I. You know. Yeah. I think it's. There's just so much more of it these days. Mm -hmm. You know. You really have to. You know. Make sure that you're. You know. Keeping an eye on those three principles, as far mm -hmm. as kind of breaking through the clutter that's out there. But you want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And that's really why it. Yeah. it you know. It pays ultimately to pay attention to those things. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. 
What does the future hold for email then? Because I know that, you know, a lot of people now they think, do I need a list? I'm on social media. Can I just rely on that? Is there a future in email marketing? I mean, I know I feel like there is, but, but and I'm pretty sure you probably do too. But what does that look like for us in a world where people are a little bit bogged down with their inboxes? They see their inbox as another to-do list and they don't want lots of stuff cluttering it up as you said of course it's about delivering value to them but but how do we you know how what does the future look like as as business owners for us in marketing through email marketing i hear the argument about you know social media replacing email in many ways and and i think that email augments social you know i think it's a surprise to most people to realize that twitter and facebook and instagram are like some of the highest volume email senders on the planet. And it's like, oh yeah, social is going to kill email. (laughs) It's not, that's not how it works at all. You know, they, they, they send a lot of email, a lot of notifications about things that are going on on their platforms to get you back there. Mm -hmm. And why is that? It's because it works and it's really effective. The same time, you know, if you think about, let's say you have a, a thousand followers on a Facebook group, you know, what percentage of those people actually see the posts that you make in their feeds? Yeah. Very, very tiny fraction of that. And what can you do to get more of them to see? Like maybe, you know, maybe if you're lucky, 10% of people see what you post there and you can pay a whole bunch and you can get maybe 20 or 30% of the people to see it there. Whereas if, when I send an email, like I know that by and large, the vast majority of it, like 99% is going to get delivered to the recipients that want it. And if they're engaged in that content, they're all going to actually see it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, 20, 30, 40% open rates where you're actually measuring somebody opening and like viewing images and those sort of things is, is very common in email uh, and even higher when, when you're sending out stuff that's really, really high value. I had a customer recently that we were working with that had a 75% open rate on a campaign that they sent out. And it was like, he was like, wow. is it, he's like, is, is this good? I was like, yeah, that's very good. <laughs> and, and we're not talking like hundreds of recipients. It was thousands and thousands mm-hmm. and they had 75% open rates. That is 1998 version of email yeah. marketing. Well, you couldn't even track it. You track open rates back then so yeah but it's those sort of things that it's you know email is like i don't want to say owning your customer but it's like owning the platform to communicate with those users and even though they might be using gmail or yahoo or hotmail like your message gets delivered to them whereas with social it's really up to the algorithm as to whether or not your post is engaging enough with you know to show up wherever it happens to show up on the timeline and we all know statistically these days the likelihood of your stuff showing up there is very very small so i always encourage businesses to to build a following via email because it's really a following that you own the communication platform. And whether you send from AWeber or whether you send from somewhere else, you still own that list and it's transferable. Whereas if Facebook decides to kill your Facebook group, good luck. (laughs) It goes away. You have no control over that. Completely. And I think that's really interesting, actually, because we hear people complaining sometimes about their email open rates and saying, you know, oh, I'm only getting 20, 30 percent open rate. But you're absolutely right. If they actually looked at the social side of things to what the view rates are on their posts, it's probably significantly lower. But actually, many, many people don't make that comparison and they think, 
on social, I'm getting a much better reach. I'm getting a much better readability of my, my things, but actually they don't look at the data because the data yeah. itself wouldn't actually support play up, but people, but people focus significantly more amounts of their time on the social side of things, building a social audience rather than building their email list, which is probably not necessarily the choice that might be the most sustainable for the future. It's not as, it's not as sexy in the moment to do that. Mm. It's also not kind of as self-gratifying as, as I think that social can be to many people. Uh, mm. It's kind of like social is always the, the uh, and I don't want to turn this into a big social conversation, but like <laughs> it's, you know, it, be, it becomes the like everyone's best foot forward kind of thing. Mm. And I think that it's very much just kind of a popularity contest versus like actually connecting with people. Like at our core, like what we do at Aweber is we try to connect people in remarkable ways. And we do that mm. with email. We're also now doing that with uh, push notifications, uh, like web push uh, notifications on websites, you know, that don't even require email address and so forth. So it's, mm. there's, there's a variety of different ways to communicate with people and it's about finding an effective way to do that uh, and one that solves a problem of, of your audience. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some best practices then that we can adopt to make sure that other than, of course, delivering great content, but that we can make sure that people are getting our emails first of all in their inbox and not in some kind of spam section and sure. then that they are going to read them consume them and and ideally act on whatever we're asking them to do in that email you know i think first and foremost it comes to asking for people to opt in um, mm. you know, being able to, I told you ahead of time here, I was going to give you a little hard time. Mm. Like I can't yeah. find a form on your website <laughs> to sign up for your email list. And you explained that. No yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, Hey, if I want to build an email list, you know, and I want to build a, a following of, I, I always try to, to rephrase, you know, email communication. Cause I think a lot of people talk about it as like building a list and mm. those sort of things. And it's like, really at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're building relationship because mm. there's people at the other end of that email address. And when I send an email, whether it's to one person or it's to 10,000 people, it's still one person that's reading it one at a time. Like, you know, we don't often sit around in a big stadium and read, read your email together. You know what I mean? So it's about connecting with that one person that's at the other end there. So one, make sure that you can find their opt, you know, an opt-in form on your website, set expectations for what it is that you're going to deliver both in what's the value, like what, you know, I'm giving you my email address. It's very personal. You get a direct connection to me. What am I getting in exchange for that? How often should I expect emails to get from you? You know, another great uh, little email secret is right after someone opts in that like kind of thank you confirmation page that somebody goes to after they opt in. That can be on e-commerce sites particularly, that can be the highest converting page on their website because somebody has already, you know, you've earned enough trust from them that they give you their email address. They probably want whatever it is that you're doing. And, and if you have a compelling offer and something to sell somebody, doing it on that thank you page after someone opts in is is often one of the highest revenue generators on on folks sites which is often kind of on many places a dead end you know mm -hmm. it's like thanks for subscribing 
Okay, yeah. now what? Bye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, go away. You know, you close yeah. the tab and you go away. And it's like, no, no, no. Ask, ask them to do, take the next steps. I know that on our thank you pages, we often have people directing to our Facebook group and we get a lot of click-throughs from that. We have a lot Absolutely. of people that actually come that way. Absolutely. And everybody's conversion, what it is that they think is the, is yeah. the next biggest value thing to do on the site is different and you have to make that decision. Mm. But for e-commerce sites, it's definitely a great place to yeah. ask for a sale. Yeah. You know, and beyond- that's often, of course, where you see people putting trip wires and those kinds of things as well, don't they? So it's, you know, buy my, you've bought my 30 day planner PDF, now buy my 90 day Sure. Whatever, you know, and that sure. for seven, seven dollars or seven pounds or whatever it is. And you can get that often. People do that type of thing too. Absolutely. You know, beyond that, like the, the community, like there's not, I don't want to say there's like, there's no like glorious tricks to get people to read your emails. It, it, it's really about, you know, I, I see people do like cute things in it, or what they think are cute things in the email subject line to get me to like trick me into opening it. And like any, you know, like where, where they'll do the like, you know, forward oh, or the, yeah. the RE, like the replying mm. to something. You know what that does? That just pisses me off. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that really, really annoys me. I'm like, unsubscribe. You tricked me. I don't like it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's like the instantaneous way to like, to, to just lose the trust of your mm-hmm. audience. It's like, oh, hey, turn around, look over there. And like, I steal yeah. $5 out of your wallet. <laughs> You know, or, you know, it's just, it's not cool. So those yeah, sort of tricks while in the short term, you know, you'll see people say, oh, it gets great open rates. It's like, yeah, but you lost the trust of your audience. So don't, yeah. don't do those kind of shortcut things. You know, the, the emails that we see the highest consistent open rates on, interestingly enough, always have the date in the subject line. And now people often translate that into like, oh, I need to just put the date in my subject line. It's like, no, what is the key to why, why do most things have dates in them? Or uh, Roman numerals as well is, is, uh, is another key one. And it's, be, it's because those are additions and like mm-hmm. they're, they're like episodes or posts or something where they have like a monthly newsletter and, it, and it, they get extremely good open rates and click-through rates because people are expecting them, they want them. And when they like, if they accidentally miss their publishing deadline, you know, and they normally send on a Tuesday and they don't get it out yeah. till Thursday, the time between Tuesday and Thursday, they're getting emails from their audience yeah. going like, hey, are you okay? Or, hey, I, I think I missed the newsletter, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. you want your, your subscribers to develop a rhythm around when to expect it. It's very similar in social in many ways. Like there's a lot of YouTube channels that I follow where they consistently post new content on Friday evenings. Why? Because yes. we were sitting around, we got time to kill, you know, watching YouTube videos. Yeah, <laughs> um, completely. So that kind of consistent scheduling, and that goes back to telling people when, you know, how often you're going to send, but also potentially when you're going to send to set those expectations. Um, yeah. You know, beyond as, as- that, like, I'm sorry. Get, so beyond that, like getting people to actually click, I, I get a lot of emails and it's like, you know, they kind of spout a bunch of information at you and it's like, It's like, what am I supposed to do next? You know, if you want people to click through to do something, like tell them why, what's in it for me? You know, and it's, it's not what's in it for you. It's what's in it for me. Why do I care uh, as a recipient to get that? And I think that we often forget about that as as email senders. We forget that it's another person on the other end of the line and they need to see value in what it is that you're doing and a reason why to click, not just like 
to make your click rates look cool. <laughs> they don't care. Yes. <laughs> so. No, they certainly don't. So tell me, is there, is there such a thing as emailing too frequently? I would say more, yes. So more frequently than people expect. Yeah. Is that frequency? There is no frequency at which is too much. It's just whatever people don't expect. Mm. So, you know, like I said, if, if I tell you ahead of time, I'm going to send you three emails a day, I can send yeah. you three emails a day. But if I tell you I'm going to send a monthly newsletter and I send you three emails a day, that's too much. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's all contextual. <laughs> So yeah, similarly, like absolutely. that three person a day thing, they might be able to send four or five emails one day. Like if the market has a big crash and there's a lot to talk about, it's relevant and it's contextual. But if they go, yeah. suddenly go from three to five or 10 a day, you know, eventually mm. that's going to wear on their audience. Yeah. Excellent. That, and, and length of email, does that matter when it comes to deliverability and when that comes to our landing in our customers' inboxes and getting eyeballs on it? Not really. Uh, well, yes and no. So I wouldn't say from a deliverability perspective. So, you know, whether your email goes to the inbox or the spam folder is not so much about the content that you directly send, like words. And I often hear this, like if I put the word free in my subject line, my email is going to go to the spam folder. Or if I put dollar signs in my subject line, like my email is going to go to the spam folder. No, that's false. Yes. Uh, okay. it's, I've it's also a, heard that one too. <laughs> yeah. So you get people that do like F, Period. Oh, yes, R, space. Period, yeah. E, <laughs> that's more likely to end up because that's what spammers do. Write an email like a normal human would, not like mm. a spammer or a bot or whatever <laughs> would send you the, the nasty email. Um, you know, the content is is really only relevant to the deliverability in the, in the sense that it creates the engagement that your users have with it. So much like there's social algorithms that decide where you're, whether or not your email is going to show up in the, the in the feed, you know, Inbox providers like Gmail and Yahoo and so forth are looking at, you know, are people opening my emails? Are they clicking on my emails? Are they replying to my emails? Are they forwarding my emails off to people? Are they deleting them as soon as they get them? Like what's the time between I open the email and I delete the email? Does it imply that I scroll, you know, like in the Gmail interface, like they can tell how far down you scroll in an email. Um, yeah. Am I saving the email for later? Am I putting it in a folder somewhere uh, to save it for later. All of those things are uh, measurable by mailbox providers and they all feed the algorithm around whether or not you as a subscriber want to receive those emails in the future. So like if I get an email from you every time and I hit delete every single time within yeah. like a second of getting it, over time Google learns I don't want emails from Annette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, and how it treats, like if you send me an email versus you send, you know, my friend an email, how I engage with your emails is going to be different than how my friend engages with your emails. So those mm. two delivery, the deliverability of those emails is going to be totally different depending on how I as an individual, much like when we go to Google, if you search for something, I can type the exact same keywords. I'm going to get different results. Yeah. One, because we're in different countries. Two, because we have different search histories, et cetera. Like there's lots of different variables. All the things that we've searched for in the past lead into mm. what we get shown in the future. The same thing happens to email. So it's, it's very effective. You know, Gmail is really good at weeding out the junk and getting yeah. the that, real stuff to your inbox. That is so, so, so interesting. So essentially... I could send an email and it could end up in your spam because how you've dealt with it in the past, but it will end up in your friend's inbox. 
Yeah. Like your super fans, it's always going to end up in their inbox. And that's another thing. So when you look at kind of deliverability as an aggregate, you know, you'll often, you have on your list, you have kind of what I would call like your super fans, your people that open yeah. everything that you get. They mm -hmm. reply to you. They always mm -hmm. have like cool things to say to you, yeah. reply, you know, those, those sort of mm -hmm. folks. And then there's some segment that like interacts intermittently. And then there's yeah. another segment of, of folks where, you know, you're sending to like their old email address that they never check yeah. anymore, you know, or the email address is dead, you know, and it yeah. hasn't been removed from your list yet. And, and so over time, that group of kind of like unengaged people grows if you're not mm. kind of curating your list. So one of the things that, that I often tell list owners and, and, you know, because of our pricing, our pricing model is based on the number of subscribers that you have on the list. Sure. And it's like, I actively tell our users to remove subscribers from their lists, which, mm. you know, shrinks our overall revenue, Go, yes. but like in the long term is in the best interest of every sender because it shows. So if I have a list that is smaller, but highly engaged, those emails are absolutely as an aggregate more likely to be getting sent to your inbox. Whereas if I have a list of 90% of people that don't do anything, but then mm. like 10% of people that are super fans, what is that telling, you know, the Gmails of the world? It's telling yes. that the overwhelming majority of people don't find value in this. So even though you might have that 10% of super fans, they might start to put more and more of those in the spam folder. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's about kind of curation and making sure that your list overall is engaged. I don't really care how big, you know, anyone's list is and how many mm -hmm. people that they have uh, subscribed. It's more about the engagement of those subscribers that's really, really key over the long term. So how do we deal with those people on our list that are unengaged? Do we try and send email campaigns to re-engage them? Do we delete them? Like, do we, yes. how do we deal with them? All, <laughs> all of the all above. Of them. Yeah, both of those. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you want to try to keep people engaged. You can do what is called a re-engagement campaign where you try to mm -hmm. send to those people. You know, tools like Aweber and other email tools allow you to kind of segment and send to people like, I want to send an email to only people that haven't opened or clicked anything in the last six months. And you can yeah. do that. And that way you can send them a special email. And it also then allows you to get stats on those. And you see how like atrociously bad your open rates and click rates are because those people are already gone. You know, yes. they've unsubscribed without actually unsubscribing, if you know what mm, I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so ultimately, like, it might feel good to say I have a thousand subscribers, but if you're only <laughs> consistently getting you know, 40% of those to, to do something every, you know, couple of months, then you really only have 400 subscribers. You just have 600 that are kind of sitting around as dead wood. And those, you know, that over time, as you kind of drag that zombie subscriber population along yes. with you, hurts you in the long run. So it's really yeah. about kind of curating your core audience and getting rid of the folks that aren't engaging with your content. And, and that number so, just becomes an ego number rather than actually serving you absolutely. anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, that, that number is not serving you. It's, it's all about the mm. engaged subscribers and those people that are actually, you know, interacting with what it is that you send. Yeah. So it's really both. It's so, re-engagement campaigns and then remove those people that haven't engaged. And so would you say just to delete them completely, like just get them out of there or yeah, just like yeah. gone? Yeah. Just delete them. <laughs> They're already gone. That feels you know so I mean? scary. That feels so frightening. It really oh, does. I'm like, <gasps> 
They've got their email. They might, they might eventually do something at some point. If they haven't done anything in six to 12 months, they've already solved whatever problem it is that they originally came to you for. So, right. it, you know, if they're still engaged in what you're doing, then they would have opened or they would have clicked on something or they would have replied in some way that was measurable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just at the end of the day, it's just hurting you long term. So, and, it, and yeah. it's really that ego thing. And the nice thing is like, like I said, you can segment those and send specifically to those people. Even if you want to send mm -hmm. your regular content, send one to your super fans and send one to, to the folks that aren't engaged. And you can see the stats are totally different and you might get a few stragglers every now and then, but like, it's so rare, you know, that it's just, it's just hurting you more in the long run. And eventually it will impact your super fans. And those, mm. that's not the group that you want to impact. So, yeah. You know. And I guess in reality, you know, a year down the line, if those people, those people can still look you up again and resubscribe to your list again, if yeah. they decide, if they decide that actually I'm interested in this thing once again. I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of business owners get, you know, creators and whatever you happen to be doing uh, where you're communicating with folks. I think we get, we get caught up and spend way too much time thinking about folks that are definitely not thinking about us anymore versus serving the people that are actually here present in front of us right today and making sure that we're serving them the best that we can. So the, the other ones, you know, they're, they're past opportunities and everybody has what's relevant to me today. It might not be relevant to me next week or next month. Mm. You know, I think if 2020 has shown us anything, the world changes really <laughs> yes. quick, really fast. Priorities change. Priorities change incredibly quickly. It's uh, certainly shown us for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. So tell us, how can we build our list then in a healthy way that tries to get as many super fans on there as possible and we end up with, you know, as, as limited unengaged people joining our list in the first place? I think all of the things that we've been talking about are mm. things that, that do that, so. you know. So, you know, I think first and foremost, just asking for the opt-in. Uh, make sure yeah. that, so one thing that we haven't really talked about is like, when, when do you ask for that opt-in? You know, on your website, you know, you'll see a lot of websites, you go there and like you're reading a blog post that you found through a Google search when you're trying to solve a yeah. problem. And what is the yes. first thing that comes up when I go to that blog? I'm reading the post, I'm like, two sentences in and I, I scroll a little bit and the, the form comes in and it's like, sign up to get updates from our blog like, and new posts. And it's like, Dude, I'm still reading. Like, I have no idea whether or not you're, you're writing good stuff yet or like I'm two sentences in. I've been here for five seconds. Like, come on, you know? And then, so I click away on the form and then I get to the bottom and I go, wow, that was really good. I'd love to hear more from Annette, you know? And, and then at the bottom of the, uh, of the post, it's like, I can't find a way to find out more from Annette, you know, like there's no way to sign up kind of step back from like what I want as a, as, you know, as a website owner, I want you to opt in and put ourselves in the shoes of, of our visitors to our site that might've just discovered us, never heard about us. And we're putting the form right in front of their face. It's like if you walk in a store somewhere and the store owner comes out and says, give me your email address. Like you'd love to see what I have for updates. And it's like, I'm still standing in the vestibule. Like I haven't even walked the yeah. whole way in yet. You know what I mean? I think when you, when you kind of put it in that context, in that frame, it's like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But like, 
overwhelmingly these days, it's like opt in, opt in, opt in, sign up for mm -hmm. my social, do this, do that. And it's like, I don't know who you are yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great tip. I know that I definitely just X out as soon as I'm like, go, go. I can't yeah. see, I can't see what's going on. Awesome, Tom. So I think that our listeners will have got an incredible amount of value. I know that I have a to-do list now that I'm going to be sharing with my team as well. To I'm going to check up on your site next week and make sure you yeah, have a form on Yeah, I know it. you will. I know you will. And I will, uh, I will be uh, sorting some stuff out with that. So I cannot wait to, uh, to do that as well. Tom, why don't you tell people how they can connect with you, find out more about AWeber and all those good things? Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm again, Tom Colzer from AWeber, uh, and you can check us out at aweber.com, A-W-E-B-E-R.com. Uh, uh, we have free accounts for getting started. You can put forms on your site, create landing pages, et cetera, for free. So it's a great way to get started to, to really build your audience. I'm on, I'm on all the usual social channels. Definitely hit me up on Twitter. You can shoot me an email. I'm Tom at AWeber. So I, I don't hide behind a faceless email. It's, uh, I'm really easy to find. So if you have questions about what you're doing or what you're not doing, or you want me to look at your, you know, what you're doing, I, I'm more than happy. I love, I love kind of getting in the weeds with, uh, uh, you know, with individual businesses and, and helping to solve their problems at the end of the day. Awesome, Tom. We'll of course put all the links as well in the show notes for everyone to come and connect and whatnot. But thank you once again for uh, coming on Uncover Wealth Radio. I, uh, as I say, I'm going to now go and work on my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, Annette. It's been fun. Take care. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you do like what I share, please do come and subscribe to the podcast, perhaps even leave a review so that other people can find this podcast as well and benefit from everything that I am sharing. Also, if you enjoyed, I would love if you want to take a screenshot of this episode, share it out onto your social media platforms. If you do, please, please do tag me. I'm Annette underscore Fergs on both Twitter and Instagram. So if you tag me, I can come along, give you a follow, give you a like and some love over there as well. Until next time. <laughs>